Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. And we're glad to be back with you for another study tonight. Uh, we're going to be, I believe we're going to be talking about um, don't run from the Lord. That's right. Okay. And um, David brought us this lesson on Sunday. Uh, there's an endless amount of stuff that we can talk about. We so really can on this one. There's a, there's a lot here. And so we're looking forward to diving in on the study tonight. And who knows what kind of uh, rabbit trails we might end up mm-hmm. running down. But um, we're excited. Uh, David and I, we have a blast um, um, having a study with you and recording it with you. And we're thankful that you're here. Um, be sure and uh, send us an email. Uh, truth in agape love at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Um and send us a message that way. Um, the link to our email is in the description of the podcast. Um, and if you like what you hear, give us a share. Give us a like. Give us a review. Um, whatever you'd like to do, um, we'd appreciate that. And uh, and we'll be here with you every week. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump in, Dave. Absolutely. So we're going to begin in Mark 14, 27 through 31. Now, in this context, this is when... Christ is getting ready to be betrayed, and he's sitting here with his apostles, starting in verse 27 of Mark 14. It says, And Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said more vehemently, Even or If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said likewise. So here is where Peter is making his great confession that he will die for the Lord. He will never deny him. And you have Christ in this context of saying, even tonight you are going to deny me. Yeah. Like, can you imagine making a bold statement like that and saying, I am going to die for you. Mm -hmm. And then the person that you're saying it to is going to say, no, actually, tonight you're going to deny me three times. (laughs) Not just once, not twice, but three times you're going to deny me. Well, and it's a classic example. I think we can all see ourselves in this example. Absolutely. Because we've all been there. He had confidence. No, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. Come on, man, I'll die for you. You know, he's got confidence, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where until you experience it, you're confident, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when the real world happens, you know? We've all been there. We're all we all go in confident, and then all of a sudden you get punched in the face. We've all been punched in the face. It's like whoa, oh no, I can't. You know <laughs> what? It's like it's like your whole mindset is completely turned around. Yeah, you know. And I'm sure we're gonna read on here, so I don't give too much away. But you know, we all know the story. A lot of us do, and uh, we can see ourselves. I sure can. Yeah, because because he's going with confidence. That's he's right. Arguing with the Lord. No, man. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's nowhere in Scripture that indicates that Peter was not sincere when he said it. Yeah. Like, he had every intent to say he will die for him. Yeah. And, in fact, when he 
when they actually come, Paul draws a sword and cuts the right ear of the servant, uh, Malchus, if I recall correctly. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But Malchus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe he thought this was this was the this test. Was this was it. This yeah, is the let's test. Fight. We're gonna fight. Um, but Paul or Peter in this context is the perfect example of the we all have a natural fight or flight instinct. Sure. Where we don't know what's going to happen until we're faced with it. You know, when I was a mail carrier, okay, mm-hmm. it is no joke. Dogs will either love you or hate you. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, there is no in between with dogs. And I can't tell you how many dogs I've been charged by. But the very first dog I was charged by was a big Rottweiler. Yeah. Now, so sometimes I got to walk to the back of the house to, because the mailbox is on the back of the house. So I was walking down the driveway towards the back of the house and I get around the corner and on the porch, I see this big Rottweiler and I just noticed that there was a rope attached to his neck. So I just turned around and started running. Yeah. But what's funny is everyone all through the training and everything, they tell you, do not ever run from a dog. Yeah. Don't run. Yeah. Well, this case, when I was <laughs> faced with it for the first time, you I ran. ran. You ran. I ran, and I was just like, "Woo!" And and luckily the rope was short enough, and he never caught me. Yeah. But then after that, the next time I was faced, I was willing to just stand there, like I was petrified, but I just stood there. As yeah. the dog charged me, I just stood there, and luckily the dog just turned around and ran off. Well, I think this is a classic example of confrontation too. Yeah. You know, like no, none of us like it. That's I right. Sure don't and. We're, we have the tendency to just run from it. Yeah. Okay. As soon as we're confronted, oh, oh, you know, and we just, we want to run. Yeah. And that's basically the, the theme of our study here is, are you going to run or are you going to stand in and, and stand up? Yeah. You know, and, you know, you talk about this trigger thing, you know, for, I think we've all been having just the best day. Okay. The, the, there's a few white puffy clouds in the sky. Blue skies, no wind, beautiful day. You're driving along through town. Guy cuts you off. Boom. Instantly. Like, you are (laughs) in a bad mood. Okay? Yeah. And you can do things that you're going to regret, you know? Yeah. Like, instantly. And you didn't even have time to prepare for it. Right. You know? You're just like, oh, you know, and just boom. You know, you're mad. Yeah. You're doing something. And I think... You know, for me, I have that instinct, okay? It's, yeah. It's bad. And you have to work really hard to control it. You do. And, and you know, it, it happens. We're human, okay? So was, so was um, uh, Peter. Peter. Sorry, Peter. Yeah. I wanted to say Paul, but so was Peter here. That's right. It happens. And, you know, it's not what he did in the act or, you know, denying. It's what he did after, and we're going to get to That's that. That's right. You know, but, but and the same with all these other things we're talking about. You learned how to deal with the dog, you know? That's right. Well, and just to tie in exactly what you're talking about, too, you have to work on it. And oh, you have yeah. to, when do you when it happens, and you perhaps you fail. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you fail the test. Yeah. What you do after is most important. Yeah. And that's what we're going to really get into here. So don't run from the Lord if you first fail. Yeah. And, you know, this is the first point. Yeah, if, if, if this happens, be like, well, I can't be a Christian. You know, that's... Yeah, don't that's give not up. The case. That's not the case. It's no. just these examples are given to us to improve ourselves and work on it, and we're going to be working on it till the day we die. That's right. You know? And, well, and in fact, we don't... 
we don't learn unless we fail. Yeah. All the successful people are successful because they failed. Yeah. And they, they know hardships. they know how to handle it, and mm. they know and they learn from it. Mm. Uh, learning is the most important thing. So if you fail, pick yourself back up and learn from it, mm. and learn to do better. What is it you say? Um, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. What you say? Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's that's what happens. A lot of times, the hardships is what sharpens you, and it's what makes you. That's a good point too. Yeah. You know better. Like you're talking, you know. Yeah. So anyway. So let's let's continue down. Let's skip down to verse sixty six of Mark fourteen. And Chad, from, do you want to read from thirty two, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can read it. So we're gonna skip um read sixty six through seventy two. I believe that's at the end of the chapter. Okay. So sixty six through seventy two. Yeah. And right. so keep in mind this is right after Peter said he would die for Christ. So go ahead, Jen. Okay. Now, as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand that you are what you are saying. And he went out on the porch, and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, this is one of them. But he denied it. And a little later, those who stood by said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Gen uh, Galilean, and your speech shows it. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. A second time the rooster crowed. Then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept. So here is the denial. Turns out Jesus knew what he was talking about, sure. right? Go figure. <laughs> it sounds like a total different person. It is. Yeah. He even went to the point of cursing and swearing. Yeah. Like he was that scared, you know, and that's just the, the his fight or flight instinct. You know, his instinct was to flight. I, I can't be a part of it because keep in mind, he's sitting here watching what Christ is going through. Like, he's getting firsthand of what Christ is dealing with. He doesn't want to suffer that way. Well, yeah, he, he's getting more and more. He's like, wow, this is real. This is getting real. That's right. This is the real world. They're, 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 they're going to persecute. They're persecuting him. I don't want yeah. to be a part of that. Yeah. And so his, his flight instinct kick in. He just, whoa. You know, he, he backed out completely. And Peter, I can't imagine him cursing and swearing a lot. No. But you know what? He did here. Well, because he, he was flipping out and he wanted to prove that he's not a disciple of Christ. Because, you know, a disciple of the one claiming to be the Messiah, you're not going to be sitting here cursing and swearing, right? Yeah. So he he fit the the model, so yeah. to speak, where, yeah, he's he's showing that he he doesn't know him, yeah. you know? I don't want to make any excuses or justify what, what Peter did, but he's probably looking at you know, they they had a hard time understanding that, that, that Jesus' kingdom was going to be spiritual. Yeah. He's probably looking, I'm going, Lord, why didn't you, why don't you save yourself? You know, I've seen all the miracles you performed. Why don't you just walk out of there? Yeah. You or know? he could have been thinking that um, it was still going to be a physical kingdom, too. That's, that's what I'm saying. Where he's like, you're how gonna, are you going to build this 
kingdom. Yeah, you're going to be the king. Why are you sitting there? <laughs> yeah. you got all these powers that I've seen you perform miracles. Why aren't you getting up and walking out of there? And he just doesn't right. understand it. And he's all confused. And then when he gets confronted by the this girl... He thinks it's over. Yeah, he's just like, I, I got to get out of you here. You know, that brings out a good point. And like you said, we're not trying to dig into the scripture, no. but we do know from past that the apostles and the disciples was having a hard time realizing that his kingdom is a spiritual kingdom and not a physical kingdom. Mm-hmm. You that's know, the sons of thunder fight. That's why he drew his sword. That's right. The sons of thunder thought it was going to be a physical kingdom. Yeah. And so they were, a lot of them were thinking that we're going to come and we're going to beat Rome and we're going to take over. And, you know, so they thought it was a physical kingdom. Now I'm not, we're not trying to say that this is exactly what Peter was thinking, but no, but I'm just it, speculating. It, yeah, it could be. Like it's always nice to kind of understand what's going on, and I think just yeah. putting yourself in his shoes. I don't know. I wonder what was going through his mind. That might have been what he was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. But the thing is, like like we said earlier, the point is what he did. That's right. After and and here it just says that Peter wept. Yeah. But when you look at Matthew twenty six seventy five, it says Peter wept bitterly. Mm-hmm. Now that word bitterly, so. To describe it, he it wasn't like just shedding a couple tears and moving on. It was a bitter regret. You know, it was Peter showing a godly repentance that is asked of us. You know, the same godly uh, repentance that is asked of us. Now, we know it's a godly repentance because he turns back towards God. Yeah. Right? He turns back towards God. And in fact, towards the end of Peter's life, we know that he was did eventually die for Christ. And this is outside sources that shows that he he actually did die on an upside-down cross because he refused to be persecuted the way Christ did and hanging on on a cross. So it it was an upside-down cross. His life, you know, he, he, you know, they got imprisoned for preaching Christ. Uh, I believe that's Acts 5 and, yeah. Yeah, and beaten. 4 and 5, yeah. I mean, you can just imagine the the war wounds that he had, Mm -hmm. you know, from, from... from spreading the gospel him and all the apostles and and there's there's actually a lot of the apostles that we're not told about yeah that that really we don't hear about you know even really through acts we don't hear a lot yeah. about them but you know um i have no doubt that they they died for the lord mm-hmm. you know and these are outside sources that actually show this and, and prove that they they died for the lord i think john is the only one that was not murdered and that uh we know that because he's the one. It was through John that wrote Revelation, mm-hmm. and so that was that was around eighty to ninety A.D. Mm-hmm. So at least up to that point. So, but notice how he he repented. Mm-hmm. He he bitterly wept. He regretted what happens, and that's what we need to do when we fail. Don't you know? And, and in fact. Chad, maybe you feel there, the same way. Go ahead. Oh, is there is there an account? I, I, I remember studying this in the past where Jesus looked at him. Yes. Um, it was either Luke. Yeah. One of the Gospels does actually say that after the rooster crowed. Jesus looked at him. Across from the way, Jesus looked at him. Um, yeah, and in fact, here, I can start looking for that. Okay. Um. Well, let's see. The the account is um, chapter 22 in Luke. Luke 22. So you found it. 
I said I was going to look for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so, yeah, let's actually turn over there. Luke 22, what, what's the verse? Um, well, he denies Jesus in verse 54. So, so let's look. 60, immediately while he was still speaking, um, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Yeah, and that was verse 61 of Luke 22. That's right, 61, yeah. So from across the way, Can the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you just imagine making eye contact with him? Right after denying him? I mean, you yeah. would have just lost your whole, like, you just been like, Oh my goodness! The well, and that's why you can see why he wept bitterly. Yeah, like that's when and he he came to and he's like, "What did I just do?" You know, and I think this just we've just read three of them, okay? Three accounts. Yeah, and and we talk about this all the time. You know, this this is an account from three different people, and you're going to get a different perspective. That's right. And and Luke gives us even more of a perspective that Jesus looked at him. Okay. Yeah, how these beautiful guys, is that? These guys were eyewitnesses to this. That's They'd right. Seen it happen, and you know, um, we talk about well, how can you trust the Bible? You know, like how do we know it's real? Well, right here, this is an account from three different people about the same thing, and and they all kind of ga- gathered something a little different. You know, if you if you seen the same thing as me, and we wrote it down, you're gonna know that we're talking about the same thing. That's but right. I'm going to notice things differently than you are. And and that's exactly what happened here. But putting those accounts together, whether it's in a courtroom, you know, sometimes we want yeah. to, we want to hear from the eyewitness, you know, and 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 you put three eyewitness accounts together, you can figure out pretty well what happened. Yeah. Well, and and a good uh, another good thing to look at is say me and you go to a concert. Mm-hmm. We go to the exact same concert. Mm-hmm. But if we start talking about it, we're going to have a little bit different experience. Yeah. Same concert, just a little bit different experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see throughout the four Gospels. And that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. You see it and you know that it's from their point of view. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful. And that's why it's the same story, but Luke talks about it. And Luke he is... adds just a little bit more. Luke is a physician as yeah. well. And so he is detailed. Mm-hmm. You know, he is very detailed telling the exact details of the story, right? Yeah. And then yeah. um, Mark, you know, I, I refer to Mark. There's 16 chapters in Mark, so I, I refer to it as like the fast track through Christ's life, mm-hmm. which he's he's trying to just hit the points, you know, this is the Messiah type yeah. of thing and, and kind of moving through it a little bit quicker. Um, but Luke is, is the physician, and he is very detailed yeah. in his writing. And, and so... That's something that would really stick out to a person. Oh man! Um, if he's seen Jesus look at, at yeah, at Peter, and and you think you know as as Christ is going through what he's going through, he took the time to turn and look at Peter, yeah, and be like, yep. "Told you, yeah, I told <laughs> you." Know? you. <laughs> but oh, I mean, man. it would just be like, "Oh man, you would just know." And yeah, and the thing is, that stuck with him for the rest of his life. Absolutely. He realized... I'm not going to make that mistake no, again. I'm not going to do that again. And you know, yeah. we ta- we mentioned earlier, we learn from our mistakes. That's right. We're going to fall, just like Peter did. Yep. And we got to pick ourselves back up, learn from it, 
go okay i got this you know i can okay i now i know what what to experience and yeah we talked a little bit about this on sunday i think it was in our class about jesus um you know we we, we tend to put him on a pedestal when he was here on earth uh well he was deity you know sure he could resist sin you know yeah no it's told he was tempted the same as we we were that's right you know having gone through that temptation now he can relate to us yeah you know yep because he's been there he's done it been there done that got the t-shirt you know yeah kind of a thing. <laughs> got the t-shirt. you know and but he has he's he's been there yeah he's 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 been tempted the same as we are that's right and so he understands he can be our you know he's the inter he can be the intercession yeah for our sins that's right and hebrews 4 14 through 16 this is a great passage to talk to or to go to describing exactly what you're talking about chad it says seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need now yeah. here's the the key point behind it in verse 5 he was tempted in all points as we are well if he had help from the spirit and and i think that's what we're talking about if we had yeah. if he yeah. had help from the spirit so he wasn't actually weak he in the flesh tempted as we then are. he wasn't tempted like we are yeah exactly but he was tempted in all points yeah. as we are yeah. yet without sin yeah and so that's why he can sympathize that's with why us he can relate He's that's why there. he can relate he was all human as well yeah yes he is he is deity but he is also all human when he walked among us yeah he suffered the way we would suffer and you got to think that that jesus was like don't worry peter i got you yeah you know i mean i that may seem silly but jesus knew it's okay peter i got you i'm gonna cover for you you know yeah and um there's another if you repent you know <laughs> before this christ also talked to peter and he said you know satan has to sift you like wheat yeah but then he said when you come back to me yeah so he didn't say if you fall if it's you fail you he fall. says when you fail after you come back to me mm -hmm. the the term after you come back to me indicates that you're gonna fall yeah <laughs> when you return to me do the work and that you doesn't know? give us an excuse to go all right so i'm gonna go out and i'm just gonna sin 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 yeah no and, that's and it'll be all right because he'll forgive me yeah you know? we, no no we can't have that attitude. That is not the attitude. No, we try to do the best we can all the time. That's right. And we're going to stumble. When we stumble, we got to come back to him. That's right. You know, um, that's a very good point to bring out because you're absolutely right. That's not to give us an excuse to, well, I can repent for it later. Well, and, no. And we know Peter's attitude going into this. Mm -hmm. He didn't go into it going, oh, I can... I can fail. I, yeah, can, I can fail. I can walk away from no. it. It'll be all right. No. He did not have that attitude. He was going to die for the Lord. That's right. And he, he was so willing. And you know, but how important it was that he came back. Mm -hmm. You know, just like David, King David, to me what made him a man after God's own heart mm -hmm. was actually after he sinned with Bathsheba and killed Uriah. Mm -hmm. Because when he was confronted with it, 
his heart turned right back to God. Yeah. That's the the man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be right with the Lord. Not he didn't make excuses as the king before him, Saul. He made excuses. You know, and in fact he he lied to Samuel. I did do what the Lord asked me to do. Samuel's like, No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. he didn't. And then later he says, Well, yeah, because I feared what the people. Mm-hmm. I feared the people. And so then he admitted that yeah. he wasn't being honest. And so David never made an excuse. And in fact, David, with Nathan, when Nathan told him, thou art the man, he could have killed Nathan. Mm-hmm. He could have hid that too. Mm-hmm. But that, that wasn't the way of David. Mm-hmm. He, his heart was he wanting to, to be mistakes. pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. Like he, he got caught up in his transgressions and he, he, he fell. Let's mm-hmm. just, he fell. But when he recognized that he has fallen, he turned right back to God. Yeah. And this is exactly what Peter did. He failed. Oh, he knew. And when he recognized that he failed, mm-hmm. he turned right back to God. He didn't run from the Lord. He came back to God. And uh, Revelation 2.5 says, uh, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. That's what we see in Peter's life. When he fell short, he repented. And here, he fell. But you know what? He turned back to the Lord. So if you fail, don't run from the Lord. Turn back yeah, to him and run. repent. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants for you. Well, and you hear, um, we, we run into people and study with people and or even just work with people, and they're like, oh, good thing I didn't go in the church, the place that burned down, you know? Yeah. Or or they say things like, um, you know, I, you know, I've done too many bad things to be a religious person, you know? And it's it's like, no, 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 you haven't. That breaks my heart when people say that. Yeah, and 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 so that's kind of what's said here in Numbers, you know? Yeah. It, you know, you have to run back. Yeah. You, you know. You, you're going to stumble, but there's still time. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, I love Paul or Saul of Tarsus. When, before he became a disciple, before he became an apostle of Christ, he persecuted the Christians. Mm-hmm. He was actually responsible or in charge oh, yeah. of Stephen's death, but then outside sources talk about how he persecuted and killed about 2,000 Christians. Then these are God's children. So, unless you've been going out and murdering God's children, I know God will forgive you because he forgave Paul, you know. But but then also look at what Paul did. When he turned to the Lord, he was full throttle for the Lord. Oh, yeah. He was willing to suffer and suffer mm-hmm. and suffer. He did a 180-degree turn. Absolutely. And so, um, absolutely. And so, if we fail... Don't run from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Lord. And then also, don't run from the Lord if the work gets hard. Yeah. You know, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. I got something two. After, yes. that, after that. Well, actually, go ahead because I'm changing well, the subject. I was just so. going to say, you know, don't run from the Lord. Um, but if And if you do run from the Lord, don't run to man. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people will run from the Lord once they realize they're doing something wrong. And they'll run to a man that tells them, it's okay, you're going to be fine. 
my preacher said I'll you be can fine. Do this. Or, Your preachers, yeah, yeah. So, so you got to be careful where if you do run where you run to. You can't run to anyone but the Lord. That's right. And if you run away from the Lord, you basically you're either just not going to be a a godly person, <laughs> or or you're going to put your trust in man. Yeah. And a lot of people put their trust in man. Well, now you're you're bringing out another Sorry, point. I, Turn to Romans ten. <laughs> See, I, I diverted you. <laughs> <laughs> happens all the time. Romans 10, this is exactly what you're talking about. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel. What verse? Is that they may be saved. That's uh, Romans 10, verse 1 through 4. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's fine. Verse 2, he says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness... And seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So in this context, he's saying they have a zeal for God. Mm-hmm. He, and he's talking about the Jews. They have a zeal for God. And he's, he says, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. But it's not according to knowledge. They were ignorant of God's righteousness. And that we can do the same thing if we run... To someone else yeah. rather than the word of God. Mm-hmm. So if you fail and, and you start running from the Lord, don't run to man to try to tell you you're okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah. trust me, you'll find someone that that'll tell you oh, you're yeah. okay. It's easy. You can find man with the way that with the religions out there right now. Mm. You can find anything that will accept anything. Yeah. That you want to do. Whatever sin you want, oh. you can find someone that'll tell you you're fine in it. Oh yeah, and we even have a religions that would let you pay money. So you could sin. Yeah. You know? As long as you pay your penance type of... Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You pay. You can pay, go out and have fun, and then just give us some money or you'll be fine, you know? Yeah. and Because God cares about money. Yeah. Where's that written here? <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. And, you know, we say this all the time in this podcast. Um, it's not about what Chad says or David says. You know, we're not laying down the law here. That's right. Okay? We're just telling you what God's word says. We're relaying God's word. That's it. That's it. And and we're studying it to the best of our abilities. We're going to mess up. And if we are wrong, that's when you guys need to call us and let us know. Yeah, you tell us where we're getting it wrong here. And, and right. we're interpreting the Bible, you know, and it's pretty simple what it says. If mm-hmm. you just listen to what it says. Yeah, and study it. Mm-hmm. But when you run away from God and go to a man and try to find someone to justify what you're doing, that's not what Peter did here. Nope. Peter did not do that. He 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 knew that he messed up. He ran from the Lord, and he come right back. Yeah. And repented and was as strong as you could be to share the gospel with everyone. That's right. He was key in, in est- you know, establishing the church. You know, he did the Lord's work uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. You know? Yeah. That's I mean, you could go on and on. He, he did not run to another man no. to, tell, to make it right. He only ran to the Lord. Ran right back to the Lord. Yeah. Anyway. So. Now we can go down your other yeah, trail. Yeah, so don't run from the Lord <laughs> if the work gets hard. If you would, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 2.9. Here I'm trying to do like two things at once. I know. Which Silence. Is fun. Yeah. Silence. First Thessalonians what? Chapter two, verse nine. Okay. And do you want to read that for us, Chad? Yeah, Jen? sure. 
Just that one verse. Uh, let's see. Okay, for you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, labor and toil, for laboring night and day, that we might not be burden, be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. Yeah. So that's it. we preach the gospel of God. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to point out here. So notice that they labored night and day, all to not be a burden to the brethren. You know, why would they do that? You know, they worked hard night and day, and it was because they wanted to do what was most important, and that was preach the good news of God. Yeah. You know, that was their their goal, and they didn't want to be a burden on the brethren and because that would hinder the work. It was never about money. It was always about spreading the word of God. Mm-hmm. Money had nothing to do with it. They they worked night and day so that they could provide for their physical needs that everyone needs to provide for. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about wealth. You know, it wasn't like they worked night and day so that they can get more money, you know, and then take from the brethren as well. No. Yeah, I see where you're going here. Yeah. He's, so yeah. They they worked hard. And you know what? If you've ever had to do this, Chad, where um, when I was in New York, I was still a mail carrier, but I was also preaching. Mm-hmm. And I was I was doing a um, – every other week I was preaching. Mm-hmm. But there was times where Patrick was out, so I had to preach like three weeks in a row mm-hmm. while working full-time. You know what? I had like <laughs> – I'll just put it this way. Like, there were there were times where I was up till like, 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. Sunday morning, mm-hmm. working on my lesson and finishing it mm-hmm. so I can get a couple hours of sleep and wake up and go to church, right? And so um, those lessons were not good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought something. But sometimes the work gets really hard. Mm-hmm. Suck it up and do it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's a part of the work, you know? And like I mentioned, you know, my phone is always on and... and I'm always here for you. You know, I don't have a set schedule. And so there's a lot of times where I could have a week or two where I'm not really doing anything. And then next thing I know, it's like the work never ends. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm working all day, all night, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, whatever needs to be done. And so when the work gets hard, don't run. Just buckle up and, and yeah. go for the ride, you know. I really like this example because it says it didn't burden where they were careful not to burden any of you. Yeah. We preach to you the gospel of God. You know, um, I know of a lot of examples that I, I used to listen to Dave Ramsey. Okay. And he's a money guy. And somebody called in and, and was complaining about their pastor because he was making all this money, mm. you know, off of this congregation that he started. Okay. Right. And he's asking him, what do you think about this? You know, and David uh, Ramsey actually sided with the preacher because he did all this work. He deserves those rewards. He built up the people. He built up all this, you know. Is that the example we have in the Bible? No. Are we to to burden the people um, just because we bring them the gospel? That's no big deal. We're all commanded to do that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it should not... If, if your preacher or your pastor or your, is more concerned about your donation <laughs> the, the, that's a red flag then your soul you know and I, I think of uh 
when we were reading um, read the book uh, Muscle and Shovel. You know, and when they quit going to the church, I can't remember if it was, I remember who it was. Doesn't matter. But when they quit going to church, um, finally they called about three months later, wanting them to donate to the fund for whatever it was, and didn't even hardly say anything about the fact that they hadn't been there. <laughs> yeah, like three weeks or three months. Can yeah. you imagine if I didn't show up for three months? And you call and say, hey, Chad, uh, we got this fundraiser going for, uh, you know. X, Y, Z. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I'd be like, well, hey, Dave. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, aren't you concerned the fact that I haven't been there for three, yeah. for three months? Are you not concerned about my soul? So, exactly. And that's what it's all about. That's where I'm going that's with That's right, yeah. It doesn't matter who preaches it, who teaches it. You know, and of course... We're, we we have examples of of making sure for those like yourself who preach mm-hmm. um, uh, ha- is accommodated for your time and, and your, yeah. you know, your, you know and make sure you're not over here starving to death you know and I think you know he's like we're careful to not burden any of you I'm sure their necessities were still met that's right you know well and and you know the preacher does have permission from god to live from the word yeah and so yes the there is scripture to support the preacher exactly but there's a difference between supporting the preacher and letting the preacher live in in wealth while everyone else struggles exactly you know and 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 that's not what it's about right you know and as a preacher i think it's important for preachers to figure out how to budget yeah you know and i'm going to tell you chad right now with everything rising in price oh i know it's getting harder and yeah, harder and in I fact i was um anyway different story but it's getting harder and harder yeah, right sure. and so there's there's a difference between needing support mm-hmm. and just getting more support because well i, I want to eat lobster every night with yeah, my family you exactly. know exactly yeah there's a difference like yes we need to eat mm-hmm but I don't need to eat lobster every night. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I've no stories of 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 uh, preachers or pastors, you know, flying on private jets and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's funny when I lived in Denver. Yeah. We lived right across the street from this like mega church. I think yeah. it was called the Father's House or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. It was mega church, and this apparently the preacher there had his own private jet. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't use it for. Anyone in the congregation, it was his mm-hmm. private jet. Yeah. So if he wanted to go somewhere, and he was, it was funny what I understood. Now, don't quote me on this. Just this is like third party hearsay. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he preached on the most was contribution. Yeah, exactly. It was about the money for him. Sure. And it's obvious. So he could line his pocket rather than helping and furthering the work of the Lord. And we just have to be on guard for people like that. That's right. That should not be what it's about because he says, right? I mean, I, I love this verse because yeah. it, you're not to burden the people. Yeah. And, you know, you end up with, a, you know, the kings. And in this day, the kings just pillaged the the people. They did. I mean, they pillaged them. Tax on tax, tax, tax on tax, tax, tax on tax. 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 Yeah. You know, and, it, uh, you know, I've... I enjoyed the book that Bill O'Reilly does, Killing Jesus, because it, and I didn't agree with all, everything in there, but of of the way he did it. But what it did is it explained what it was like to be a Roman, a Jew, 
in that time. Yeah. And they were taxed to go into the city. They were taxed leaving. I mean, they were taxed constantly. Yeah. Kind of like we are, you know? Yeah. Because we really are taxed a lot. I think 35, 40% we're taxed. Yeah. It's time ridiculous. You receive it. You're taxed when you receive it. You receive your tax when you spend it, you mm-hmm. know, um, whatever. But but it was tough to live in this day. Really tough. That's right. And 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 all the money went to the king yeah. or the, you know, Caesar, whatever. So they could live however they wanted. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've only seen movies, right? Mm, yeah, me too. But like you see the king living in luxury mm-hmm. and because he can't get this fancy thing on top of all the other fancy stuff he has <laughs> I know. let's just more taxes you have a you know i'm having sympathy for him don't you You do <laughs> but what's funny is you kind of get this illustration when you look at the scripture mm-hmm. the kings threw a fit when they were told no yeah like they had fits mm-hmm. and and so no one told them no yeah, we they got about, whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Yeah, we talked about the the prophets. They were the only ones who. Oh man, that's a tough to tell job. The king, no, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, and they had to. They had to go tell the king, "Hey, no, you can't do this." Yeah, and they could have been killed for it. Yeah, but you know, uh, sometimes you do read where God tells them, "And I'll be with you. Mm-hmm. Go do what I tell you to do, and I'll be with you." Yeah, that would be a very big encouragement. But even at that, that's still scary. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Ugh. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. That's no, that's a tough job. Definitely not. But absolutely. So don't don't run from the work when the work gets hard. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of work and you, you know it's just it's piling on, just buckle up. Mm-hmm. You know, do especially when it comes to the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just do the work. You know, when we were when me and David Porter were. Uh, in London, Kentucky, mm-hmm. we went to a uh, preacher training mm-hmm. together. Man, the that work was, was work. never ending. Yeah. It was, we went from school from 7.45 in the morning till 5 at night, but they gave us so much homework that, at least for me, I was doing homework till like 12.30, 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. And so it was like that the entire time we were there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of work. But you know what? There were... There were nights where I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there, I'm so tired. I don't want to do it. But then I was like, this is the work of the Lord. I was like, I just got to do it. Mm-hmm. I just got to suck it up and do it. So when the work gets hard, you don't feel like doing it, just don't run from the Lord. Yeah. Don't run from his work because it's it it's worth it in the long run. Well, and I guess you can see, too, um, you know, we could relate this to a lot of things because, um, you know, for the kids homework how yeah. many times do we want to procrastinate from our homework we ran from it okay. yeah did it make it not do nope no because the last night you're you're getting yelled at from your mom or your and your dad yeah why didn't you do this sooner and you're up till one o'clock in the morning and dear mom <laughs> she would she'd bail you out you know and and you'd get it done barely by the skin of your teeth and don't ever do that again, and and then we just ignore it, and you know. Next even, weekend, the same thing. <laughs> well, and, and in our jobs, I mean, if we have, we all have different parts of our jobs that we don't like doing. If you ignore it, it's not going to be good. In fact, it just almost turns into something worse. It yeah. just festers, and you know, you can't run from it. it eventually, it's going to catch up to you. That's right. You know, or, or if you're a criminal, you know, 
and you you commit a crime you know i love watching those um you know uh being on the run there's some you know criminal stories about criminals who be on the run and they're always looking behind the, over their shoulder yeah. and stuff that's not fun and it, and eventually sometimes it comes to a point where they just turn themselves in cuz they can't handle it anymore yeah being on the run and i actually watched um some homicide shows yeah. you know where by the time they were caught they're in the interv- the uh interrogation room and they just sleep because mm-hmm. they haven't been able to sleep for like yeah, the past just, 3 weeks that they were on the run yeah they're just exhausted and they know they're caught so they can finally rest yeah you know it it just uh well it's not fun to be on the lookout like looking no. over your shoulder all the time uh you know you're on the run or or even even an assignment how how good does it feel to finally accomplish something that you've been kind of procrastinating yeah you know yeah we can't do that with the lord no if, if we have a problem in our lives that we're running from the lord whatever it is you know it's a bother it's a worry in your mind constantly it is when you finally take care of that it's like a weight has been lifted off you know yeah and and i'll even you know when you um if you know you're not living right Mm -hmm. you kind of have that burden of what happens if i die tonight Mm -hmm. what happens if i don't wake up tomorrow yeah you know you you have that constant worry and it's like this like a boulder on your back. I mean, it really does feel like it, mm-hmm. you know. And then, then you turn to the Lord and just do the work. Yeah. And it's you get this sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. How and nice how, is it? How nice is it not to worry about death? Yeah, way nice. I don't care if I die. Yeah. And how easy is it to come and run back to the Lord, David? Yeah. How easy is it? It isn't actually. Well, that's true. It, it you know when but when when you do fail. At least for me, because I already feel like I'm just not even worthy mm-hmm. of the Lord and the love that He has has poured upon me. So when I fail, I'm like, I'm already unworthy. And then I fail some more, and it's like, then I just got to pick myself back up, and I turn back to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. And so Peter, actually going back up to Peter, he was actually he's a comfort to me, mm-hmm. you know. And and now that I'm a preacher, I'm constantly examining myself mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm constantly trying to yeah make sure that I'm, I'm right with the lord and so it's a fight continually it is know? and just because like you said just because you're a preacher yeah doesn't mean you're good or you're perfect i mean it it's a constant fight and so well and and if you if you do put something off okay or or not put it off but but take care of something okay maybe you've you've had a sin in your life and you take care of it, you come back, you repent, uh, you feel so much better. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. That, that To the point where you ask yourself, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why didn't I take care of this sooner? Well, and it, it, I think to what you were trying to point out, God doesn't make it. I'm not saying it's easy. But, no, but God doesn't make it hard. Yeah, that's right. He just says, come to me. Yeah, he doesn't make it hard. It's, you know, it, just come to me with a repentant heart the way Peter did. Yeah. And that's it. You know, and but even that step, when you're in it, it does seem overwhelming, and that's why, mm-hmm. you know, to go back, if you fail, don't run from the Lord. Don't continue to run from the Lord. Just mm-hmm. turn back to Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it just and you know, of course, it's easy for us to talk about it, right? Oh, it's always easy to talk it's, about it's it. Another <laughs> thing doing it. It's and hard so, to do it though. I'm not saying it's it's a piece of cake. Uh, we're just 
that's why we're here you know that's why we're here talking about it strengthening each other you that's know, right that's that's why we're here is to encourage you know if there's something in your life you know just encourage you to look at it don't ignore it don't run from it that's right just yeah don't worry about it and then you know the the next point don't run from the lord if your enemy seems too powerful you know this is something in this life when you recognize that you are in a spiritual fight Mm -hmm. all the time the enemy there are times where the enemy seems way too powerful oh yeah there's no way i can face it yeah yeah you can because you're not depending on your power you're depending on the power of Christ. That's where Philippians 4.13 comes in. That's right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me. The most That's famous right. verse ever. People write it on their 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 uh, their uh, cleats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do, don't they? Um, but David and Goliath is a very good example okay. of this. Yeah. Turn over to 1 Samuel 7. And we're just going to read verse 4. This is... A description of Goliath. First Samuel 17. I mean, we can go a little bit deeper, but we'll just read verse 4. And I'll, I'll make a couple points on who Goliath is. So verse 4, and it says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So the first thing to notice is he was a champion of war. So it wasn't like he was just a warrior. He went into battle, and every battle he went into, he was victorious. He was a champion of war. And David, when he was facing him, he was still a youth. You know, Saul actually describes him as a youth in verse 33, if I recall correctly. Um, yeah, First Samuel gotta, 17, 33. I got to tell you, just yeah. real quick. I got on the Googles, my pocket computer. <laughs> it says 11 foot, 11.35 feet is six cubics. Okay. Six I cubits. had something a little different. What do you got? But I was told it was from, if you stretch out your hand straight, it's from the tip of your finger to the bottom of your elbow. And the average is about 18 inches. Okay. But regardless, he's a giant. He's a giant of a man. So, so six cubits, six cubits in feet is eleven point three five feet. Is that how tall he was? Yeah. So that's how tall he was. So he's and, almost, and a, a span is half of a cubit. Okay. Um, I had nine feet nine inches, but eleven, I wouldn't doubt it either. But regardless, um, who was Andre the Giant? A cubit is approximately 18 inches. You're right. Okay. That's where you're getting the tip of your fingers to your elbow. Yeah. So that that would actually be nine feet, right? Yeah, nine feet, nine inches. Okay. So a span is half of... Anyways, yeah, okay. Sweet. I love being right. No, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know why it's telling me right off my pocket computer's wrong. Yeah. Can you believe that? I can, sometimes. Um... You know, this technology nowadays, right? But anyway, so he he is nine feet, nine inches well, tall. Still, nine feet. Oh, man. Nine inches tall. But being a champion of war, you know, when it starts describing his uh, his armor that he, he strapped onto him, mm-hmm. Goliath, 
his with dwarf, his spear the guy. oh man his spear was like a, it was made out of a weaver's beam okay which is thick but the the tip the tip alone was like 15 pounds and and it doesn't say pounds on there it uses something else yeah. but yeah again just kind of going back to what that means it was about 15 pounds so at the tip of the spear it was 15 pounds you had to be very strong to wield that Mm. You know, and not just wield it, but wield it throughout the entire war, Mm -hmm. the entire battle, right? He had to be very strong. So not only was he tall, but very strong. Now, you know Andre the Giant, the wrestler, right? Yeah. He towered above everyone, and he was seven feet six inches. And everyone looked tiny next to him. You know, his hand was huge. Um, I remember looking at some pictures of andre the giant you know just his his hand would just almost swallow your your face you know if if you tried to grab your face so nine feet nine inches andre the giant would look tiny next to him and so he could easily tower over anyone who would stand next well and then you think about david he's just a kid yeah (laughs) so a kid compared it's like total opposites I mean, it is. We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. And then you notice David, he actually, Saul tried to put on armor on him. Yeah. And he's like, I, I can't do I this. I can't do I, this. You know, it's not fitted for me. I can't do it. So he actually took it off. Mm-hmm. So he faces Goliath with, all he had was his uh, sling and five smooth stones. Yeah. That was it. He didn't have an, a sword. He didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And so when he faces Goliath, you know, Goliath first, you know, why are you bringing this youth to me? You know, like, mm-hmm. are, are you serious? But then look what David says to Goliath as he's facing him in verse 45 through 47. Do you want to read that, yet? Yeah, sure. Is it 17 or 16? Yeah, yeah 17. 1 Samuel 17. All right. 45 through 47. It says, hang on. I'm. Let's see, 40. Okay, here we go. Then David said to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the Amorites, or army, the armies of Israel, sorry, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth shall all the, um, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with swords and spears for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And this is, this is such a beautiful scene. You know, can you imagine a youth like you being, you being a champion of war, and this youth is facing you, and he says these strong oh, words. Yeah. Can you imagine? You know, I can I can imagine. You could see him getting madder. Uh, like, well, really? And I can almost imagine Goliath almost getting chills down his spine. You know, like, this youth is talking this way to me. Like, mm-hmm. It's pretty bold. It is very bold. And, you know, um, but notice in verse 46, like I said, David did not, have a sword Mm -hmm. all he had was a sling and five smooth stones how was he planning on taking his head from his body Mm -hmm. yeah 
From there, he already planned on using Goliath's sword to cut Goliath's head off. That is so powerful. I like this too. Verse 48. We got to keep reading here. Yeah, go for it. It says, So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistines. And this is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Here's David, a kid, by himself, running towards an army that's running <laughs> towards him. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, we t- you talk about the dog earlier. Yeah. He ran from that pit bull. Oh, buddy. It was a Rottweiler. A Rottweiler. You oh. ran from him. And yeah. He's snarling and snapping. You ran from him. David ran to him. Yeah. You know, a whole army. Yeah. Give me a break. That's like a whole army of dogs, man. Yeah. But, yeah. and But notice... Um, you kind of threw me off with that, but you're oh, sorry. you're right. No, that's good because he ran towards he it. ran towards it. He didn't he didn't run away. But notice what he says in verse forty seven: "The Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle, the Belongs battle that the he Lord. is in, is the Lord's." Mm-hmm. And here's here's something else that kind of give a little uh, backstory here. God never told David to face Goliath. That also shows the faith that David has. He never needed God to tell him, go face Goliath. Mm-hmm. God never told him. Yeah. He just knew you cannot defy my God. Yeah. That is very powerful. He, God, in Scripture, it never indicates in any way that God told him to face Goliath. Mm-hmm. He just, he was helping his brothers out, actually, and, and he, heard the, uh, he heard Goliath speaking. Yeah. Defying the God of Israel. And he's like, you can't do that. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> he's know, like, he, let's go. He, 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 he kind of, you know, what would you call it? I mean, he kind of showed the Israelites, hey, look, you know, why are you guys doing this? Yeah. You, know? you have no need to fear. Don't you know we have God on our side? You That's know? right. And he's like, here, give me, I'm going to go talk to this guy. You know, I'm going to take care of this. Because yeah. guess what? God's on our side. And they, they refused to, they had kind of fallen away in a way. They they, they refused to get to give the battle to the Lord. You yeah. Know, the Israelites did. And, and we're talking probably some pretty strong generals, you know? Oh, yeah. Some pretty hardened war soldiers. Yeah. They were too scared of the Philistines, and, and they didn't realize that God was with them. Yeah. You know, and when... Um Here's another aspect of David, that he is just a uh, very hard man, um, even in his youth. Man, well, he'd out by, by himself taking care of sheep, you know, with, That's with right. lions and bears, you know. That, yeah. that'll, that'll make you grow up quick. <laughs> Verse 34, then David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion... Or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. That is such a powerful statement. You know, can you imagine a lion rising up against you? Like I no. thought, I, I thought I was pretty cool when I when yeah. I stood my ground against a dog. But yeah, dude, if a lion comes at me, I'm running. Well, <laughs> us, we we have you know 
way different technology than they had. They basically had a sword, a spear. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to cut them with a knife. Yeah. Or or a, a, a shepherd's staff. I mean, sure. I'm guessing he had the shepherd's staff. Yeah, and, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's not my first weapon when it comes to fighting a lion, okay? I'm... I'm <laughs> I got I got a raptor gun, okay? Yeah. I've got, I want to be like 100 yards away and being able to shoot him. Right. I'm I'm I've got total different weapons that I would grab from what he had to use. And so but the thing is, he knew God was on his side. That's right. He had no fear because he knew God. He left it up to God. He didn't confuse anything. He just said, "God, help me." You know, this it's it's your fight. Yeah. And he explained it to him right up front. Yeah. <laughs> You the know, Lord will deliver him into my hands, you know, and it, man, just that, the confidence that had to have been coming from David, and it wasn't confidence in himself. That's yeah. the key point. It's not confidence in himself. Yeah. As it says in verse 47, the battle is the Lord's. Yeah. He is fighting the Lord's battle, and That's he right. recognizes no one can defeat God. Yeah. And and it's true. I mean... Over the ages, has God, God has not, we're out of time, by the way. I knew it. Can you believe it? I knew it was coming up soon. But, but you know, over the, has God not done anything that he said? You know, he's, he's fulfilled everything. That's right. That he said. There's, there's no, nothing that God has said that didn't happen. Yeah. You know, and, and predicted. And, and then, you know, all the prophecies, you know, uh, there's, there's been no world power ever. Hitler, Hitler didn't take over God, Mm-mm. you know, and you, you know, you think of all these things that have happened over, over the years, over the 2000 years, God's still in control and God's still powerful and the battle is still his. That's right. The battle still belongs yeah. to the Lord. And, and when we talked about the, the armor of God, as we are soldiers of Christ, yeah, this flesh is not our fight. Yeah. The flesh. And that's a great point because I think that's a great thing to end on all of the problems that's that we think are problems that are happening now which they are there's some troubling things that happen in in government and all over the world it's not just america it's all over okay yeah but guess what god's in control god's in charge we leave the battle up to the lord what are we focused on spreading his gospel that's right that's all that matters that the nothing else matters except making sure you're right with the lord yeah and and spreading Truth. Yeah. And so when we have people who are spreading error or yeah. false doctrine, that that is our fight. That is and our that fight. is our fight and we, we go into that fight knowing that the battle is the Lord's. Yep. Yeah. And you know, when when you have when you're backed by the word of God, you don't have to fear anything. No. Because it but this is where you have to remain humble because if you are wrong, mm-hmm. allow the word of God to change you. Don't try to defend your belief, rather defend the Bible. Yeah. Not your belief. Your belief doesn't matter. Yeah. Your belief isn't going to save you. Yep. Christ is going to save you in his word. And so That's what we were saying, don't run to man. Don't run to man, run to the word of God. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I think we should definitely end there. That's it. That's, That's it. it, guys. Well, we'll be looking forward to a study with you again next week and we appreciate you being with us. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.